Oh, hello. Fancy seeing you here on a Monday morning, but glad you could join us. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, we will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their businesses to success in an ever-competitive business climate. So pour yourself a hot cup and enjoy the show. Welcome to another special episode of Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I'm very pleased to have my good friend. I've known him for about a decade now, I think, right? Correct. Uh, Brian Tinker of Tinker Homes. And Brian was one of the very first contractors that I met when I moved to Colorado as a, even before I was a licensed architect. Um, Brian and I worked together on a custom home uh, way back in 2008, 2007, something like that. Correct. Eight. 2008. So a long time ago, we hit it off really well um, for a multitude of reasons. But one of the reasons I feel like is because Brian is so personable and he's not this kind of contractor or builder that is trying to intimidate people. He's trying to, uh, thinks he knows everything. He was just like so down to earth. And I don't know what he thought about me, but we ended up just staying in touch even after I got laid off and then the economy took a crap. And, uh, and then we, we've uh, over a couple of years, you know, from our first house to when we actually, I could refer him to a client. Um, but once we, once we did that in the economy, he started to breathe again. We've been working together ever since. Yeah. So welcome. Thank you. Glad Thank you to very have much. You. Oh, it's great. To is be there here. anything else I've met left out about uh, who Brian is and how we met? Uh, no, I would say that I, I think we worked. Um, I don't know. This is a buzzword, but synergistically well together. There was a lot of there weren't a lot of gaps in our communication and what you were looking for and what I was building and so I don't know. It just started a fantastic relationship and uh, one of the things I like most about Lance um, early on is that we had both started or we both spent a lot of time framing when we were younger and architects who know how to frame generally make better buildings. And I found that to be true with any architects, but Lance definitely was right there with that. And that was a fantastic way to go. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Brian, so, but, but let's, let's, let's back up even sure. further than that, even further from when like we met right? yes. yep. prior to framing though, your background is finance, isn't it? Well, it, it's I'm a, I have a business degree, and I worked in the corporate world for a little bit, and then I worked in the nonprofit sector, and uh, I was a VP of technology for several years, and then I really decided I did not want to be in that world in an office anymore, so I started a consulting firm, and mostly that was to nonprofits, but also to for-profit financial companies. And uh, that was going fine, but I was still sitting in offices convincing people to make changes they didn't want to make. So I decided to go out and become a builder, and I start, first started with a partner, as often occurs, uh, and that lasted about two and a half years, and we just had such different philosophical ideas that it just we both knew it wasn't going to work out, and, and so we decided to part ways. So that was great. And so in 2006, I started my own company, Tinker Homes, and uh, been building custom homes um, and a lot of residential projects. And then when the economy crashed, I got my commercial license and I went out to start uh, assisted living facilities for memory care patients. Uh, as it turns out, I don't know why that ended up happening, but it was all for memory care patients. And we just yesterday completed our 10th. 10. 
Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. You and I have done together, what, three or four, I think, something like three that? Three or four. Yeah. Three or four. Yeah. Yeah. So so we're, we're part of that for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, but but prior to you partnering up with somebody, what did you work for a contractor? Just being a carpenter type of thing? No, no, I was I was doing all office work, but because I had framed houses all during college okay. and done a lot of remodeling and residential work, um, I decided I wanted to try my hand at that. And with my business degree, so much of it is management. And if you understand management well, you can manage these projects. Now there's a lot of things you need. The, the learning curve is still very steep when it comes to understanding code and learning a lot of that. But I learned quite a bit of that with the partner that I had because he knew quite a bit. But he didn't understand a lot of business management. So I handled a lot of that and he handled a lot of the building. But we both learned from each other even though our philosophy was different. So it was great though. Yeah. Talk, talk about that philosophy. So like what, what was different because... You know, like with Alex and I, I think we often switch seats. We'll keep, we'll play, it's like, a, for us, it's like this game of, you know, duck, duck, goose or whatever. Like, we'll keep switching mm-hmm. seats. And one day I'll be the big capital A architect. Next day he'll be the capital A architect. Gotcha. One, you know, what was that? Is that kind of what it was for you? Is one was worried about money, one versus worried about quality? Uh, I think that, I mean, part of the philosophy to me in building is um, I'm a contractor that never yells. And that's an unusual thing. Um, Very unusual. There's really, (laughs) there's no reason to yell. I don't ever find that it solves any problems. Um, I yelled one time on a project in uh, 2012. I even know the, in June. Wow. So yeah, know the time even. Uh, But the reality is that to me, if you manage a project well and you communicate and you respect people well and you find subs that you can work with just like that, then it's it can be a much less stressful environment. Building is a stressful environment. You you're not in control of so many aspects from vendors uh, delivering on time to subcontractors showing up to work to the quality of the work that sometimes they perform. Um, and the the relationships you develop throughout the year is every or years is are everything. You once you have good relationships and people know you and you know them and you respect each other. Um, you can work really, really well together. And once you've established those long-term relationships, typically an electrician, plumber, anybody that you get numbers from will give you the best number that they possibly can. And if you go out and get other subs numbers to back those up, which I try not to do because I don't like to make people do extra work when they're not going to get a job, uh, only at the request of an owner. But when they do that, they're providing fantastic numbers that beat almost everybody else because the job is so much less stressful for them. There, there aren't any unknowns because they've worked with me for so long. And that, that really helps de-stress the situation. And I think my business degree and my business background helped a lot with communication, the financial side, uh, managing projects, um, you know, understanding what a client wants and then that each client is different and providing for that client what they need because it's stressful to be a client. It's stressful to pick out all your finishes and to have deadlines. And, and especially if you're a person that's not particularly gifted at that, it becomes even that much more stressful. So we try to say, okay, well, who's going to be in charge within this job if it's a couple? Uh, and then say, okay, how do we how do we navigate this well? And we'll send you emails that have deadlines. If we need to, we'll meet you at stores, at vendors to pick out things together. And uh, that that works really well. Helps them out. Yeah. One thing you, one thing you touched on that kind of perked my interest was, the idea that um, you're not in control of everything. 
right? Yes. How do you, but at the same time, I think a lot of, and I correct me if I'm wrong here, clients and, and owners that you're going to build for think you're in full control and expect you to be in full control. Do you ever play, do you ever show them that card? And if you do, how do you make them feel confident about what you're doing still at the end of the day? Well, I think the number one thing I do is point back to the relationships I have. Um, you know, we have certain vendors or subcontractors that through the years have done more than a million dollars worth of work with us. And so those vendors and subs know us. They know they can trust us. And in those situations, even though I'm not in control if their guys actually show up on a Monday, um, you know, let's just say you have a very trusted electrician. That electrician all of a sudden um, received on the job that he's working on before your job, six change orders. Well, if he leaves, then their job completely goes off schedule. So now he has to stay on that job and push my job. He's not doing it intentionally. He's not trying to make me angry. Um, and I have the understanding of that's also going to happen on my job and to your next client because my clients are going to change their mind, mm -hmm. want extra dimmers, want extra lights, lighting trees. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, and they find, and, and I explain that to my owners. I'll say they're not here because they got a bunch of change orders on their last job. And then you're going to provide change orders that's going to push them on their next job. Um, and that's part of the way this business works. If there aren't change orders, then guys show up on time. But also we contact, and I tell my clients this, we contact our subcontractors eight weeks out, then six weeks out, then four weeks out. We keep them informed of where we are in the job, if there's any delays, when they're going to be there, that type of thing. So they have in their schedule, Tinker Homes is going to start as close as possible to this day. And if that shifts, they know about it well in advance. Um, so then they feel really respected and honored. And then that gives them the opportunity to turn around and work as hard as they can to be there for us. Yeah, right. So a lot, a lot of it is just managing expectations, right? Yes. Among, among everything else that you're managing. But that's a huge one. Everybody's expectations, everybody's, everybody's schedules and, and, and so forth. What do you, if you had, if there was one thing you could point to from the first time you built for somebody to, to right now, what is, what is, what would you say is like the biggest thing that you maybe were afraid to do at the beginning? I and mean, now you're like, oh no, this is how we handle this portion of it. For instance, expectations. I think, um, confidence. It's hard to, you, you gain confidence throughout the years of making decisions, communicating with clients. When, a, an owner wants to make a change. What they never want to hear is they know it's going to cost more money, but that what they don't want to hear is the subsequent time added mm. to the end of the project. Um, but it's the truth, right? It's totally the truth. Okay. And I used to be afraid of telling them. That. Yeah. And, and now, um, very gently, we just say, I just <laughs> need you to understand that with this change that's added a week. So the original completion date was October 14th, whatever. Um, that is now October 21st. And for each subsequent change, a time delineation, whether it's one day or four weeks, gets added to the project. And, and that, again, if I say that early enough, that's managing their expectations. They may not be happy with it, but they understand it. And some of my clients will say, well, why can't you make up the difference? Why can't you just make that work? And, you know, sometimes there are aspects of it that you can change or make up, but there are a lot of times when you can't. Um, and of course, every sub has a little wiggle room in our schedule, but mostly that's due to weather, um, 
vendor material delays, and I can't do anything about those. And when clients see that happening, they get frustrated. Sometimes, did you order it on time? Yes, we did. Here's the order. Here's the date. This is even when it was promised, and now it's three weeks overdue. I'm sorry. And that can be hard for them, but it's also hard for us. We don't have any intention of disappointing, and no contractor makes money as projects get extended. They start losing money the day they go over their initial date if there aren't any change orders. Mm-hmm. They just can't survive on that type of schedule. You have to finish well, finish quickly, high quality, and then leave. What do you guys use to schedule? Is there a specific piece of software, or is it all just kind of written out and you keep a calendar? We keep calendars. We've tried Planning Pro. We've charged, uh, tried uh, Microsoft Excel Project. We've tried several of those. Gantt charts that we use can be really helpful. Um, there's a lot of maintenance to a Gantt chart, mm-hmm. um, so that, that can sometimes be frustrating. And honestly, just putting in a calendar and then tying one thing to the other is like a Gantt chart, but it also shifts well. Um, and, and that actually ends up working out just as well. Cause the other ones are so high maintenance. You spend half your life working on those projects or those programs and it just, it doesn't seem to make that much sense. Now, bigger projects where there's a lot of moving parts and details, we have to switch over to something like that because otherwise you'll lose track. But if it's a smaller, if it's just a one, one off custom home, mm-hmm. then that's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody, if you were to, if somebody came up to you tomorrow, you're in a coffee shop and they said, oh, hey, uh, you know, just just talking to you off, you know, just buying, you know, you guys are just sit there casually talking and you guys got to talking about what you do and they're like, wow, I want to do what you do. What kind of advice would you give somebody with zero experience of how do you jump into being a custom builder? Mm, That's a great question. I know when I put you on the spot. Yeah, thank you. Well, the one thing I didn't realize when I really did go out on my own is that um, you don't realize exactly how you're going to be get your business. Yeah. And the business that you get is everything. And I don't care what business you're in. Finding a way for people to, to know who you are, that you're really good at what you do, that you'll keep your word, that's crucial. And, and also back thanks to you, there, you have to develop relationships mm-hmm. with architects. If you have good relationship with architects, um, and you know, it just makes me think, uh, Lance and I had um, a misunderstanding a couple years ago, and he called me on the phone and said, "Listen, I want you to know what I heard, and this is what I was thinking, and I wanted you to be able to explain that." So, um, and we talked about it, and we walked it through, and it was great because it was really not what it had appeared to be, right? And but you have to be willing to communicate and walk through it because you're going to have issues. You're going to have conflict. And really, in the end, it's about the type of character and integrity you have. And I no, I didn't mean that. No, I wouldn't mean that. And if I did mean it, I'm really sorry. I wasn't thinking when I said it, you know, that type of thing. So I think long term relationships with architects, engineers, uh, people in the field is everything. Relationships, relationships. That's it. One thing I didn't hear you say, which I actually, I like they didn't say is, you know, you need to go, you need to go get, uh, you need to work under somebody else or you need to go to school. 
Uh, you need to do all of those things. And so I think just, the, the, I really, so I appreciate the, the relationship <laughs> sure. part of that. Yeah. I, was, I was hoping you wouldn't say like, oh, you know, you need to go get a business degree. You need to go all these other things. No. What is one thing that you have seen? Um, well, here's one thing I've seen so far. Uh, you know, we're sitting in our office right now. This is one of the first real build that we did besides the tiny houses, which those are unique in themselves. But as a true, you know, commercial contractor like you, and I, I can't stop complaining about subcontractors, but not because uh, they're just subs, but just because I think in we've we've overcorrected in America. At least this is my summation of we've told we've told a lot of kids for a lot of years, a couple decades, you got to go to college, you got to get a four year degree, and shamed people for going out and getting a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, have you? seen that evolution even just from 2006 has it gotten worse do you think there's a light at the tunnel if there is a light at the tunnel what is it well i think there's that is another great question and one of the things that i have found with a lot of my subcontractors now is there's some guys that have their master's degrees and they're pulling wire incredible wiring houses and they're so happy they're just so happy they're not doing what they actually got their master's degree in Uh, they work outside they work with people they love what they do Um, so for me, like I said, I have a business degree. My two project managers both have their economics degrees, uh, from CU Boulder. And, uh, you know, that's great, but it's unnecessary. You don't have to have it. And none of us got our degrees in what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a lot more to do with who you are and the way you deal with people than there is what your knowledge base is. And, um, cause if you're, generally intelligent, you're going to figure out the details. You're going to figure out how to work with people. Um, there are of course subs that are more complicated. There's drama. There that's is. An, that's <laughs> a fun way of explaining it. They're yeah. more complicated. That's <laughs> they, why I'm going to describe everything that goes wrong in my life. Yeah. Well, that guy was complicated. Yeah. They don't show up. <laughs> They're grumpy. Um, you know, there's guys that work all by themselves and just F bomb all day long. And you're just like, I, sorry, that's just not going to work in my job site. You know, I mean, you're not even yelling at anybody. You're just yelling into the house. To yell, I know. You know, and I really would prefer you to just keep that to yourself, go out and yell in your car. Um, We're trying to, we have music on, and, you know, one day we have, some guys have, you know, just hard rock. The next day it's Mexican music. It's, you know, it's a blast if you let it be and if everybody has a good attitude. So that's the other thing relationship-wise is finding the right subs that you know you can trust, and that also takes years. It just takes time. And, th- and then you also often run into somebody um, that you know right away, oh, this is a fantastic sub that I'm going to be able to work with for years. How do you know that? How do you know right away? If you, if you, could, if you could describe just glad-handing somebody for the first time, walking them, maybe you're walking them through a project, let's say it's mm-hmm. a, a new electrician, for instance. How do you know? I mean, what are, there's some signs that you can just tell as a person? Well, first of all, they're, they take your phone call. They call you back. Yeah. They, when you send them plans, they say, okay, I got your plans. I'm going to get to work on them. It might be a couple of weeks. They explain themselves. Uh, when they're on site, they ask the right questions. Um, you know, so, you know, normally not on any, anybody's electrical plans is exactly what they're going to do outside tree lighting, uh, you know, things like that specific, not parking lot lighting or building lighting, but specific extras or Christmas light outlets on the outside of the house. Are you going to have any of those? Um, how many dimmers? Because dimmers are never on electrical plants. They're just not typically on there. They're not, they shouldn't say never, but they're often not. Yeah. So they, they say, do you think your clients are going to want dimmers? Um, 
And where do you think they'll want them? Because they're expensive and I want to make sure they're on my bid. So that's really helpful because then you you know that they know their business mm-hmm. and you know that they're looking out for you and for them and your client when they give the price because that removes all tension down the road. The client knows, the contractor knows, and the subcontractor knows I gave the best possible price I could for what this client wanted. And that is how you know um, in any time with any subcontractor what you're going to get out of them. Um, there's other subcontractors, you know, you learn, like I gave them a check on Wednesday at 10 AM and I turned around at 10 30 and they were gone and they went snowboarding and you know, whatever it is. And it's like, okay, all right. With this subcontractor, they get checks at four 30 on Friday. That's when they get their yeah. check. <laughs> so you just have to learn that. And then you also may decide this is not the best relationship for me with this subcontractor. So, and those are sometimes hard conversations because those guys are the ones that tend to get a little bit uh, disgruntled when you tell them mm-hmm. you're not going to work with them anymore. Why? What's wrong with you? You know, and so they get very defensive. But again, to me, keeping a professional site, keeping professional communications with everybody that we work with is exactly how a project will have the least amount of difficulty, strife, complications, that type of thing. When you when you do have to bring new contract subcontractors on, let's just say one of them, your guys, one of them retires. Yeah, they sell the company. You ha- you sure. got to look for a new plumber. Yeah. Do you now set expectations for that subcontractor when they come on site? And you, do you, I mean, do you walk them through and say this is this is typically how things go, or or is it more organic as you watch them work and you have to correct them? Uh, I would say. Well, with this many years into it, I can have a pretty good sense up front um, how it's going to go. Uh, but no, there's times when I don't. And, it, you know, a lot of people can snow you in an interview um, for oh, a job. Yeah. And that's unfortunate, but it does happen. And I think which, what we do is we try to say, well, this is how we run our jobs. This is what we expect. You will be working here with the 10 guys. Um, you guys can work on different sides of the project. It's plenty big enough. There's no reason you can't work together. Um, you know, you guys can talk about what music you want on, but maybe it's your music one day, their music the next day. Oh my God. You know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I, and also we have a big budget for coffee and donuts and Chipotle. And to me, keeping people happy and keeping people working is crucial. And if it's a super cold day or whatever, we just bring stuff in, have coolers on super hot days of cold drinks, and everybody tends to drop it down a notch. And I tell my clients the same thing. If you want the subcontractors to take your job super seriously and you want them to be incredibly conscientious, they're out here doing a job and you may say, I'm paying them enough to do this job. I'm not going to give them anything. That's one approach that I have clients take. Another approach is that they say, oh, of course. And they come out with donuts, coffee, Chipotle pizzas, beer on Fridays only at four o'clock on. Four o'clock, <laughs> yep. So they're, you know, the subs are happy. They feel taken care of. They feel honored. And I think a lot of times subcontractors don't feel honored because a lot of contractors yell. A lot of contractors browbeat you for the price that you have. You know, um, they they want things for free. They want, you know, and that, that's just not honoring at all to a subcontractor, it's really not even honoring to the process of building. 
like we all have to make money. We all have budgets. Um, and we all know that we need to provide the best possible price. And that if you have that type of respectful idea about the building process, you don't end up in conflict. You don't end up with people that aren't willing to work hard to make something happen. Yeah, sure. Back to the subcontractors, back to just trades though. Right. So, um, if you, if there was one, if there was one trade that you could, you could, you could, you had Elon Musk on the phone and you said, Elon, we're going to solve this trade problem. We're going to automate it. We're going to make a robot. What would it be? What, which one would you automate? You could just plumbing. Really? Plumbing. Plumbing of all of them, huh? Yeah. Why is that? It tends to um, attract the greatest variance in pricing. It yeah. tends to attract the most um, code violations and difficulties mm. um, in a job. And they get called and flagged for more problems than any other trade, including you would think foundation, framing, electrical, some of the, but nope, it's by far plumbing. Um, even guys with master, uh, master plumbing licenses often have a hard time. And, you know, yes, states, cities, municipalities, they're constantly changing their code for plumbing. Um, but in general, I would say that is, has been over the years our most difficult subcontractor and not always because of the subcontractor but just because the nature of what they do the underground plumbing the above ground plumbing the the um, crawl space plumbing and then all the different codes and cleanouts and whys and this and that and venting and all the issues that they go through on a regular basis Um, so and on top of that I think um, plumbers who tend to lose focus they won't set a crimp on a pipe. Yep, they we move about that. They move the pipe too close to the front of the stud, and then it's it's vulnerable to screws. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is why they're supposed to be set back. Um, oftentimes, they forget plates and things that keep you from putting a screw right through something. Um, so, in my personal house, that exact issue happened, and over five years, it just dripped into the wall, creating a massive toxic mold situation. And it was one screw through one condensation pipe from the AC unit, but oh. it was too close to the front of the stud. Mm-hmm. So those type of things occur, um, and you can't you can't mitigate all of them, but certainly that'd be the one. Yeah, for me, good answer. Yeah. Good answer. I like that. Uh, you and I are both. We talk about. We you and I probably have a phone call. I would say, geez, at least once a week at this point, yeah. and we're always driving. Yeah, you know, usually. you're driving, I'm driving. We talk about. Um, Sometimes we just touch base about the economy, business, how things go, and prospects. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we try to throw each other. We try to do a reciprocal thing and throw each other, work back and forth. But yes. economics especially is you and I are into We're keen to it. We understand how the Federal Reserve works. We understand that it's a boom and bust cycle because we're so vulnerable to it in the construction industry. I mean, Absolutely. we are 100% at the mercy of inflation and and how much is in the money supply and then when the banks constrict and then it's just brutal we both went through the great recession together what what are you trying to do now so that you guys can weather the storm if if you can if you can even do it at all uh well i don't know it depends yeah of course it's coming i mean we're i i was just looking i mean since before the great depression 
there has been an economic recession every seven to seven to ten seven to ten years we actually just passed ten years yep um, in, a little scary in September yep <laughs> so we're overdue uh, it would be really hard to imagine that 2020 wouldn't bring a recession of some sort um, I think you know a lot of people in construction are leveraged a lot they have a lot of debt uh, for trucks for equipment for offices whatever one thing one thing we do is we keep our overhead very very low very it just it's all intentional there's nothing that we don't spend money on that we don't need um and i know that can you know you can do a lot if you're willing to manage your risk and bring money in to grow your business and i get that the construction industry is no different however like we don't we don't build um spec houses uh, this building stuff on speculation, if something goes wrong, if nobody likes the design of the house and you can't sell it and now you're sitting on it making payments for it for 6, 12, 18 months, you're just, you've lost any profit that you've made in other things. Uh, the other thing that we do is we're draconian about debt. We don't have debt as a company. I don't have personal debt outside of my home. You know, those type of things. And uh, that really helps you weather the storm as well. If you are leveraged greatly, then you just have no wiggle room when hard times come. Um, and on top of that, I think I'm very open with the guys that work with me about where we are, who we are, what we do, um, where our money is, um, because I, I know that a lot of people keep that stuff very secret. Yep, close to their vest. Sure. Close to their vest. And I don't, I don't fly by that rule because the one thing I want is I want the people that work with me to have, they will work best when they know where they are, when they feel secure, when they feel um, that they have a vision, they have a direction, they have a focus, and that's been clearly articulated, and we're all moving together as a team in the right direction. So the team approach for us is massive. It's, it's everything in what we do. Um, we don't make I could make all the decisions as the owner of the company but I don't do that unilaterally very much um only in very very few instances almost always I will go back to the guy yeah well even when it. you have a new project coming on the board I mean you're, yeah. you're always you're, you 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 do tell me this often is so you check in with Pat and Addison and yep. see if they're comfortable if they want to do it I mean they, they got to want to do it why would you force people into it well and there's you know there's issues of geography and how far they have to drive and how how much they'll be driving home after 6 p.m. at night um, what type of job it is who the clients are you know and and you have to interview your clients it's not just them interviewing you to build a project for them but am I the right fit for you as, a, as an owner um, I don't want us to be in a relationship where we don't know what to do with each other it's not even necessarily contentious we just don't know what to do with each mm -hmm. other through the whole course of a bid you might find a builder that you like better and i i had one built one guy that wanted to build a house i met him up um off of 119 in the in driving snow and we had been there for an hour and a half and i had three inches of snow on my shoulders and he's and i said so you know what are the next steps he said well You've communicated so well with me, and that's been great, but I like the other guy better than I like you. <laughs> so How I interesting. Said, I said, okay, Bruce, no problem. <laughs> See ya. Then, then go with him, because yeah. that's important. You need to feel... It's a little marriage every time. That's the way it I is. describe it. It's a great, great way to say it. Yep. Thank you. That's it. Those, I'm going to use those words if I can. You should, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Very cool. Let's wrap this up with, I got one, one more okay. good question for you. Okay. And that is, if you could go tell young Brian who first started his business as, as a custom builder, uh, one piece of advice, knowing, knowing what you know now, what would that piece of advice be? Hmm. Another good question. Yeah. Killing me today. Um, I would say, I think I've learned this in my life overall, but never react always respond. That's interesting. What does that mean? That means that in this business, you're constantly facing problems, things that don't work out, people that don't show up, stuff that doesn't show up, owners who are mad, finances that don't work out. Weather, just everything. You name it. Yeah. It's out there. So when you're met with a piece of information, you can immediately get frustrated and angry about it. Or you can step back, take a breath, and say, okay, I wasn't expecting that, but what's the best way to move forward? How do I respond to the situation, to a person, rather than allowing it to get under my skin? Um, it's a head game. Building is a head game. And if it runs you, you will not make it. You will die. You have to You will literally die. <laughs> no, no, you will literally die. My, my wife, is, I can't remember what we had some friends over or something and they said, Oh yeah, my dad was a builder like you. And I go, and, and, and then they go, he just dropped dead one day. <laughs> <laughs> my wife was like, you need to relax Lance. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, that's really it. Relax. You just need to respond. Take a moment, take even a half a day. Nothing's going to change that much by trying to sort something out that you don't have to get upset about or frustrated with. You just chill and then go, okay, what's the best way forward? It, it doesn't mean it's gonna work out great. It just means that you now feel confident in the decision that you're making to move forward. And that's what I always want. I wanna feel confident in the decisions that we make. Even if it's the wrong decision, mm -hmm. I wanna feel confident and like I made that decision with a, with a solid, straight mind and reason. Yeah, so, yeah, I love that. Where can people follow you guys? Tinkerhomes.com? Tinkerhomes.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Yep. Okay, well, thanks for being on, buddy. No, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I really appreciate it, Lance. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on the iTunes app. Tip your barista, and we'll see you next week for more Monday morning coffee with Inside the Firm. <laughs>